Hey Sean, you know how Gore's mission is to kill all gods? Of course. And that there is literally a god for everything in Marvel Comics? Yeah, there's some really weird ones. Do you think there are any gods that the comic universe would be glad to see go? Oh, you mean like the god of arthritis? Exactly. The god of stepping on Legos. The god of Charlie horses. The god of dry eyes. The god of pineapple on pizza. Hold on. I'd like Hawaiian style pizza. You worship a false god. Welcome to Combo Keepers, where we talk about combo characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance, and today we're talking about Gore the God Butcher. Now, Gourmet be one uh, Gourmet. <laughs> Gore may be one of the most metal characters in comic book history, which makes it fitting that Sean from Metalcore Nerds returns once again for a geek-fueled descent into comic greatness. Welcome back, Sean. Lance, I'm so stoked to talk about Gore. Easily one of my favorite villains I've read in comics. Can't wait to see him be brought to life. And I, once again, am so happy to be on your show with you. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Uh, it is an honor to have you on here. It, it's always fun. We we talk back and forth, I feel like, every single day about something nerdy related. So, <laughs> a, again, super happy that we were able to cover, cover Jane Foster's Mighty Thor together. So now we're covering Gord the God Butcher. And uh, before we jump into that, though, can you just remind our listeners a little bit about your show and Metalcore Nerds in general? Yes, of course. Uh, Metalcore Nerds is the podcast that combines heavy music and pop culture. Usually bring in someone from the music community or the podcast community, which usually involves someone who loves music in some way, shape or form. And we talk about the latest pop culture news. We talk about what we're currently watching, give recommendations of that. I have a song of the week where I play a new song every week to highlight some people. Probably a lot of people haven't heard of a lot that I have friends with or I've worked with in the past. I used to be involved in the music industry myself. I am now as well, but it's more in the design world, not really the actual planning of tours and stuff like that but and yeah so we just talk about pretty much what everything is going on right now we're talking about everything (laughs) that's happening which is obi-wan miss marvel we're gonna have a big episode diving deep into thor love and thunder everything like that so we cover everything that's happening in pop culture pretty much but you can find us we're actually on a internet radio station called adobe radio we're featured on the Adobe Howl. It's kind of the alternative metal uh, station of it. It's really easy to find. You can go to adobe.com and stream right from there, or there's an app you can download. There's the Adobe, search Adobe in any app, Google Play or the App Store on your iPhone, and you can listen there. Really easy. Or if you can't listen to it, it's every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern is when it debuts on the radio station. But if you can't catch it at that time, you can find it anywhere you find podcasts. You just search Metalcore Nerds, or you can go to metalcorenerds.com and find all my links there and some awesome metal slash nerd inspired merch there there's a medical Mephisto shirt where i'm drawn as mephisto there's this awesome metalcore moon knight shirt that we just put out near the end of moon knight where it has Kanshu and mr knight and moon knight moshing on the back it's great it's fun stuff yeah the the show is absolutely incredible the merch is equally as awesome so everyone if you enjoy comic book keepers please also check out metalcore nerds super fun you will not be disappointed spoiler warning 
we are going to go into the history of Gore the God Butcher in the comics. We're going to be talking spoilers associated with these runs, as well as giving our thoughts on what we think will be showing up in the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder film. And uh, very excited to dive into, into that as well and get into that speculation. Let's dive right into the bio and origin of Gore the God Butcher. Gore was born on a nameless, barren wasteland of a planet riddled with famine, drought, and natural disasters. Despite the dire circumstances of their planet, the general population prayed to gods that would never come for aid or salvation. Witnessing the death of his mother, wife, and child, Gore cursed the gods for their indifference and cruelty, questioning if they even existed. His damnation of the gods led to stoning and outcasting from his people. One day, traveling alone, two beings fell from the sky battling, one of light and one of darkness. Gore realized in that moment that gods did in fact exist, and his anger overflowed. An unknown black substance sprang from the god in black, forming into a weapon of which Gore used to kill the god of light. Gore then learned his purpose. He would become the Butcher of Gods. <laughs> all gods must die or all gods will die yeah so honestly reading his storyline reading his origin i honestly can't really blame him nope <laughs> not really to be living on this planet that literally like they're licking rocks for moisture because there's no water there's hardly any food Family members die left and right, and you're just surrounded by everyone who is constantly praying to gods that are clearly not coming to their aid. And it had been like that for generations. And so this anger just kind of overflowed and just filled them up. And then when you realize there are gods and they just don't answer your prayers, it, it was it for him. Yeah. And I always say, the best villains are the ones you can relate to. And you can easily relate to this villain 100%. Usually those villains do take it way too far. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, but you can understand where they're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Gore is a very interesting character that even though we haven't had a ton of issues about him, you very clearly understand his character, his motivations, uh, just like why he is the way he is. And it's done in such a way that is so interesting and cool and just draws you in. And it is, oh man, Gore is impressive. Gore is awesome. I love the character of Gore. He's great. Yeah. So why don't we jump into a little bit more about the character? Yes. Yeah, so Gore goes by many nicknames. Many. He has All Black the Necroverse, which is a crazy weird name. All Black is another name for the Necrosword that he wields, which we will which we will get into, of course. He is also known as the Black Butcher, the Butcher of the Gods, Cloud Stalker, God Butcher, God of God Butchers, <laughs> Gore the Redeemer, and Killer of Gods. A lot of God Butcher and Killing. You kind of get the point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dude, kill some gods. <laughs> 
It's just so funny seeing all the nicknames that are like kind of the same thing, but just a little different. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is one of those would send him over the edge. If he heard anyone calling him the God of God butchers, that would not go well. Yeah. He's like, I am no God. <laughs> yeah, We'll talk about that a little bit more when we there jump is a moment like that. Line. That will. We'll, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There is a moment kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. As far as power and abilities, Gore himself nothing he's just this weird kind of lame ass alien yep (laughs) doesn't really have anything he's just kind of just a human but he's an alien that's really it he doesn't really have anything and no nose and no (laughs) (laughs) that's all he's got and then he doesn't really get any abilities until he comes in contact with that black weapon known as the all black and the necrosword which is actually they ended up making this canon with the whole absolute carnage storyline and everything like that 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 came from donny cates is that it is actually the first symbiote ever made by null that he comes into contact with and with that he gets a lot of abilities superhuman (laughs) strength speed stamina and durability limited shape-shifting and camouflage uh symbionts um like auto defense capabilities like you've seen with venom and carnage and things like that a replication of a symbiote he can make it to be whatever he wants and regenerative healing which we've also seen in venom and carnage other symbiotes of that nature which is really cool (laughs) like that's very a lot of a lot of cool abilities to have (laughs) at your disposal that's the that's the really cool thing about this evolution of the character just because you have Jason Aaron's run with uh, God of Thunder, which is where Gore stems from. But then later on you have, like you mentioned, Donny Cates uh, working on the various storylines like King in Black, uh, Absolute Carnage, the Venom run, where he expands on yep. things that Jason Aaron and and the other creators on on that project like started and Kate's does such a good job of taking elements from other creators and just being like, what if we did this to it? What if we made it even more important? And so it retroactively act, it retroactively makes the stuff that Jason Aaron did even better. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think I read the Jason Aaron run after I read the Donnie Kate stuff. So me seeing that and then being like, oh, wow. And then seeing it come into play that way is so cool. And like you said, it just enhanced what Jason Aaron did years before. And it's so cool. And just an important perspective, how powerful this symbiote and sword is. Noel decapitates a celestial, which actually ends up being the head of nowhere that we've seen in the MCU. Um, so and we've seen what celestials are like in the MCU. There are these massive above God like beings. And he decapitates one with this weapon just to put into perspective how powerful this weapon is. It's epic. And and just so if, if you have not out there read the Donny Cates venom storylines, King of black, all of that. So when we're talking about Noel, Noel is the God of the symbiotes. He actually is the, the character that's in all black that lands on that planet, but he looks very different from what we see later on and which is why the like quote unquote first appearance of Noel is technically considered to be during the Jason Aaron run when it's an issue six, which gives you the origin of gore, but it, it's not like he's not mentioned by name. 
and it's Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman that have expanded and given us the null that we that we know now. But again, going back to Jason Aaron's yep. thing, setting that foundation and then just elevating it with later runs. It's just unbelievably cool. Yeah, it's really cool to see stuff like that in comics because it does kind of happen a lot in Marvel nowadays where they kind of go back and they'll take something from way back when and add it to something now. It's just something they kind of left hanging and then later on they can elaborate on. And that stuff's always so cool to see that they kind of plant the seed so long ago. It's a very kind of Hickman like thing to do because Hickman's a very big seed planter in his in his runs. His runs are very dense i guess is a good way to put it it's a lot of reading for for a comic book you go in oh yeah there's tons of p- pictures and you're pretty much reading a novel <laughs> with yeah <Hickman> runs. <laughs> but it's kind of stuff like that where they set it up years down the line they pay off and, and enhance what's come before it super super cool yeah there's oh i love it when creators jump back to previous runs and and remind you hey remember when this happened it actually plays into what's going on now because it shows respect for what came before the current run, which is really fun to see creators do that in the industry just because it, it, it just elevates both works. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's amazing. I I love to see stuff like that. Cool collaborative efforts. It's nice. Love it. It's nice. Other than that, for his powers, he he kind of has uh, he built up combat skills as he's killing these gods and learning the all black and the necrosword. He gets a ton of more combat experience and he's he's killing gods becomes easier and easier as, as he goes along. And he does become a master torturer, a very skilled torturer and has claimed that he tortured the god of torture once. Yeah. Like like we said in our opening little monologue there, there's some weird gods, god of torture pretty weird that's a weird god (laughs) (laughs) pretty pretty weird god (laughs) yeah and i think it's and and then the only other thing that kind of goes along with this is uh like the other weapon quote unquote that that gore uses is he creates something called the god bomb which is basically fueled by the blood of countless gods and it's it is what it says. It's a, it's a massive, doesn't it become pretty much a planet in itself? And it, it's yeah. supposed to become a bomb. That's a planet. So it's just going to just obliterate everything basically. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it basically the premise behind the God bomb is that, uh, when it goes off that it kills all gods throughout time. So it will be as if all gods never existed. Yes. And it was helped developed by the God of bombs. Right, yeah, because I forgot there's the the major time element that he ends up manipulating by the end of the run, too. Yeah. This run gets wacky. It does. <laughs> it, it's out there, but I'm here for it. It's super interesting. Oh, yeah, I love it. I love how weird it got. I did not expect it reading it. And then as you're getting to like the climax of the run, you're like, did not think it would go there, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, there's some very interesting things that I'm excited to talk to you about when we get to what we think is going to go on in this film. Yeah, as far as affiliations for the character, he was the leader of this group called the Black Berserkers, which is basically creatures he creates from the All Black. It's kind of like weird symbiote beings that he creates an ar- army with. Kind of if you're familiar with the movies of the MCU, it's kind of like the Outriders, but he created them from his own weapon rather than just being random weird aliens. So, yeah, he just can create an army. No big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just no simple as that. And as far as supporting characters, not really, I guess, technically null, you know, indirectly he's connected to null 
in, in a, a different way. And antagonist, it's Thor. Thor is a big one. Thor eludes him, which we'll talk about probably. He eludes him at a younger age and then kind of comes back into the fold later on. And every god ever, yep. I guess, would be his antagonist because if you're a god, he's coming for you. <laughs> Simple as that. It doesn't matter if you're the god of something really minor and stupid. He's coming for you. You could be the god of ice cream, which sounds wonderful. He's coming to kill you. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> Who doesn't like ice cream? <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> just like, I'm just be the god boring, of something like super fun and pleasant. And then just be like, nope, you got to go. Like, but I just made yeah. you a, just made you an ice cream sundae. Nope, got to go. Don't like you. <laughs> Dead. <It's> done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we have a better picture of Gore the God Butcher, let's go into the archives. Gore the God Butcher was created by the illustrious Jason Aaron and Isad Ribic. Jason Aaron was inspired by the film Full Metal Jacket, which was based on a semi-autobiographical novel entitled The Short Timers, which was actually written by Gustav Hasford, who just happens to be Aaron's cousin. Wow. Yeah, right? That is so cool and weird. Yes. <laughs> Mostly weird. Also cool. Mostly weird. Very cool. Aaron aspired to be a comic book writer and would buy books off the spinner rack at, a, at his local drugstore. In 2001, Aaron won the Marvel Comic Talent Search with an eight-page story script about Wolverine. That very story was published in Wolverine 175 in 2002, resulting in more opportunities to pitch ideas to editors. In 2006, Aaron placed a blind submission to DC Comics imprint Vertigo. The story would be printed as a five-issue miniseries about the Vietnam War called The Other Side. Now, this series would end up being nominated for an Eisner Award for Best Miniseries, and Aaron actually regards this as his second time breaking into the comic book industry. It's just wild. He's just like winning contests, winning submissions left and right. That's pretty wild to be that early in your career and get nominated for an Eisner. Yeah. That's impressive. That's extremely impressive. And and again, like for those that, that aren't familiar, Eisners are basically like the Oscars of the comic book world. Like to win an Eisner is like the highest prestige you can get within the comic book industry. Now, this led to the creator-owned series Scalped, with Aaron working alongside R.M. Guerra. And then Aaron would Aaron again caught the attention of Marvel, resulting in his hiring to write issues for Wolverine, Black Panther, and Ghost Rider. He would later work on The Incredible Hulk, and you guessed it, Thor, God of Thunder, alongside Isad Ribic. Isad Ribic graduated from the School of Applied Arts and Design in Zagreb, Croatia making his way into the comic book industry in the early 1990s. He would work for various Croatian and German magazines and even work as a film animator for a series called The Little Flying Bears and Lapiche the Little Shoemaker. He would illustrate four issues of the 2004 Loki series for Marvel and later drew for Jonathan Hickman in the Ultimate storyline in 2011. Ribic would team up with Jason Aaron in 2013 for the series Thor God of Thunder, which would debut the character focus of our episode, Gore, in issue one. And just an added note, Ribic is extremely talented and would later work with uh, Jonathan Hickman on the acclaimed 2015 Secret War series. So just so you, you understand, like his work is expansive. His, it, his, art, his art is beautiful. And if you haven't read those storylines, do it. If you haven't read Secret Wars, I would read Secret Wars. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> 
Yeah. I've been saying this for years now. Read Secret Wars. You're going to want to read Secret Wars <laughs> for reasons coming up in the MCU. For reasons. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about things that people should read, what what's our first reading recommendation for Gore the God Butcher? It would be Thor, God of Thunder from 2013, written, of course, by Jason Aaron and artist Isad Ribic, as we have mentioned, Butch Geis, Nick Klein, Emma Lupacino, and Das Pistoras. Yeah, God of Thunder's awesome. So awesome. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I, I can't get over how well the storyline is put together. And it's not even a lot of issues. Yeah. Like the whole God of Thunder run is 25 issues. But Gore is only involved in 11 of those issues, I believe. Like he he's in like the first 10. Yeah, I did a lot, to be honest. Yeah. He's in the first 10 issues. He's the main antagonist of those 10 issues. And then I think he pops up one more time, potentially in a flashback, I think later in the series. But within that short time frame, Gore is just a menace. And like you mentioned, Sean, oh, yeah. it, it gets weird to the point where we have three versions of Thor at one point going up against yeah. Gore at different points in time. Yes. So cool. Basically, we have young Thor who end up facing Gore years and years ago. Then we have like Avengers Thor. And then we have, I believe he's labeled King Thor, right? The yes. From the future. Yes. Where it's basically he lives in nothing. He's missing an arm that he ends up getting the arm of the destroyer as one of his arms. He's missing his eye. He has super long hair, super metal, super jaded, mm -hmm. super depressed. Pretty much lives in a land of nothing. And he just outlived everyone. Super sad, but yeah, Gore fights with all three of them, and it's so cool. Like I said, that was the thing I mentioned. Did not see that coming. No, when you first start reading the storyline, but then you're like, it's it's kind of like the Spider-Man No Way Home before Spider-Man No Way Home, <laughs> but it's with the same character throughout different parts in time. You know what I mean? It's the same kind of thing if you really think about it. But it was so cool. You're we like, wow, he's fighting three different versions of himself, and you see them all kind of jaded towards each other in a very very different ways depending on what's what. You know what I mean? It's it's awesome. It's super cool. Yeah, it, it's really well written because you get to it, it tells the story of these three different Thors at the same time. And so it'll jump in issues of who they're covering. And you're like, wow, this yes. is really interesting. Like Gore's been a menace to Thor for a really long time. And then it leads to wait, they're all together now because Gore basically yeah. like pulls them from the different timelines and it is it gets wild and you have like young thor who's not even worthy to hold mjolnir yet you have like like you said you have the avenger thor and then you have this jaded king thor who's be now like the all father and it it's so interesting just the dynamic between this individual throughout time and it's yeah. so cool it's such a fun concept and it's executed perfectly it really is. And like you said, he's, Gore isn't even in that much if you talk about kind of lengthwise. And even this run is pretty short in, in you know the realm of things. But he makes such an impact in that short appearance, which is so cool to see that he is kind of touted as one of the most wild Marvel comic villains. And he probably has the shortest run 
as in most of them. You know what I mean? It's it's not like even Null, I guess Null in comparison has had a quote-unquote short run, but the dude lives through multiple events, multiple runs of different comics and things like that. But, you know, no, or Gore is only in a few issues, really. Yeah, and and if you ask someone who are the villains from Marvel that really come to their mind, for people that have kept up with modern storylines, a lot of them are going to say Gore. It's a standout character because he he's just yeah. evil. Like you you understand his reasoning, <laughs> yeah. but like he's just straight up torturing people. He's f- like flaying them. He's like just to get like the, to put together this god bomb, just bleeding people out. He's like crucifying various gods on this planet, and it is brutal. He's a serial killer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When it really boils down to it, he's a serial killer. Uh-huh. Just... So you have a serial killer with a symbiote. So we have we're talking Cletus Cassidy taken to eleven. <laughs> Basically, yes, yeah. He kind of makes Cletus Cassidy Carnage look kind of tame sometimes. Oh yeah, Cletus Cassidy does some pretty messed up stuff, but he did not create a planet that is fueled by the blood of his victims. So yeah, it's a little, <laughs> little different scale there between those two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to get into too much spoiler wise in case people want to read this run, how it kind of turns out, but it, it is a all out brawl and certain things happen that you, you wouldn't expect. Like you're like, Oh, things are going to be good now. And then it just gets more brutal. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so check out the storyline and you just won't be disappointed. Thor God of Thunder is incredible. Now, the next time that Gore kind of shows up is going to be in 2019's King Thor, which is also written by Jason Aaron and then illustrated by uh, Isad Ribic once again. And this storyline, basically King Loki has resurrected Gore because the basically Gore's consciousness was able to be saved in all black. So the symbiote maintained the consciousness of this character. And so he was resurrected. And then there's like more fighting between them and like all this stuff, like all of this stuff is going on in the storyline. Don't need to get into it too much, but with this Gore, (laughs) Gore comes back. He's another problem. They find him again. And then the end of the storyline is they basically get the all black off of him. And then they just let him, kind of live his life. Uh, so he's just powerless now in, in comics. But again, this is happening in King Thor, which is set in the very distant future. So it's, it's like, is this like an alternate future storyline? Is this something that is set mm-hmm. to happen? So you kind of can play with that. Is this really what's going on? Is the true gore still kind of in the same place he was before? So we'll we'll play around with that idea when we get into our what if today. But it, if you want to read more gore aside from just God of Thunder, check out King Thor. There's another one I want to add. It's not gore specifically, but all black does come into play in between the God of Thunder and the Mighty Thor runs. There is in part of Jason Aaron's run, there is a like you said, it plays a lot with time going forward in time, backward in time to present time. There is a part with King Thor is still guarding Midgard and Midgard is a barren wasteland. 
and a super old messed up Galactus comes to claim Earth finally after years of never being able to claim it and devour it. And King Thor fights with Galactus and he goes and summons and takes all black and uses all black to take out Galactus doesn't destroy Galactus, but he, he does a good number on Galactus, which I thought was pretty cool that like King Thor wields all black to fight this crazy, super messed up looking Galactus on a desolate wasteland of, of earth. It's, it's cool. It's really cool. That's awesome. What, what storyline is that? It's, it's like right after the Malekith line, after the God of Thunder stuff. And it's right before the Mighty Thor stuff. Okay. It's like in those two omnibuses that I said I had, it's like the beginning of the, the second part of the collection. Okay. So it's part of the Jason Aaron run. It's just in between those two main storylines that everyone talks about. Yeah. It's so, really cool. Yeah. So just overall, honestly, what you should do is try and just get your hands on that Jason Aaron omnibus because it's going to have everything yes. in it. If you can afford that, like go for it. <laughs> it is. It's impressive. It's over 1200 pages of pure awesome. So if you got the money for it, get it because you will not be disappointed by those storylines. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Again, if you listen to our Jane Foster episode mentioned that for grail finds for this one, I had originally uh, purchased the, uh, the Jason Aaron Omni, and then the website ran out of them, and so they canceled the order. So I almost had a grail for God, uh, for Gore the God Butcher, but sadly do not. But uh, do you have a, a grail for Gore? So yeah, like, like I mentioned in the Mighty Thor run, I, I own the whole God of Thunder run within, it's called Jason Aaron's Complete Collection of Thor and I have volumes one and two and one has the complete God of Thunder run with gore within it. So I own the whole gore saga besides the King Thor stuff, obviously, but the whole main run that involves gore and the God bomb and everything like that. I own it within that omnibus. So I got it. Nice. <laughs> Good. I wish I had the single issues, but those things skyrocketed. Oh, I, I can imagine that it's always crazy how that happens. <laughs> Yeah, you're just always hoping maybe one day I'll buy a collection and they'll be in there. Then I'll be able to own them. Right, yeah. Just got to get of lucky. Course. Yeah. <laughs> now, as far as adaptations, like obviously we're getting gore in Thor Love and Thunder, which is coming out in on July 8th of this year, 2022. And he's going to be played by Christian Bale. And so I figured... With this episode, yes. because we don't have other we don't have other media, we don't have other versions of this character showing up. So I figure what we'll talk about for this is right. like our expectations for the film. We'll go over like our thoughts on the look for gore, just because there's there's differing opinions within the comic book community of what what he looks like, things like that. So I guess we'll start with that. Is we're getting Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. That's a that's a solid actor yeah. to have. Yeah, dude. So I actually read this before Gore was announced. I think Gore was announced on like an investor call or something. They already announced Thor Love and Thunder and that Natalie Portman was going to be involved, but nothing further than that. But then Kevin Feige came on an investor call and then announced Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. So I've, I was already have read the run and I was like, yo, Christian Bale is playing Gore the God Butcher. This is going to be amazing. Yep. You come almost can't act for a, a, a better casting for this. It's 
Christian Bale's a world-class actor. We all know it. He's mm-hmm. won awards. He's amazing. And he gets to play a villain in Marvel. Now, at this point, I thought they were going to like fully CGI him. Same. But I'm glad they didn't. I'm fine with the look, especially because it seems like the look kind of evolves throughout the movie. Yes. And it gets more like really messed up looking. He's got all these scars on his face. His teeth become sharp. He has these bright yellow eyes. And it seems like a lot of the stuff with shots of him are very monochromatic mm-hmm. and kind of sucking the color out of things, which obviously Taika Waititi has shown he is a very colorful storyteller, especially with Thor. So to see those kind of contrasts with each other, I'm very excited to see. And people even like photoshopped and manipulated and made it look like how he looks in the comics. And honestly, I prefer the way Christian Bale has looked even in we've only seen very big, very little snippets of how he actually looks but I'm totally down with his look, and I think it's going to be good to be able to see Christian Bale's full facial kind of, you know, expressions and things like that, because the dude is an incredible actor. You want to see him fully put out this performance. So I'm I'm cool with it. I don't care. I'm a pretty easy guy to please anyway. But as a dude who read the comics before even knowing that Gore was going to be in the MCU, I am totally cool with how it looks personally. Yeah, I you don't get a name like Christian Bale and cover up his face with CGI. Like you just don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and I was of the mindset that, like you said, it looks like we're going to get an evolution of his look throughout the film. Because at one point, it's cl- very clear that it's a flashback of when he's giving like his initial monologue, and then later on, he has far more scars on his face. He has kind of a lot more like dark shadowing. His eyes are different. His teeth are different. So we are going to get an evolution of his, just his appearance throughout the film, which I think is a very cool concept to throw in there because you basically are taking a character that looks very human and he's going to become dehumanized throughout the film because he's just descending into madness. Yeah. And like I, and I understand, I understand why some people are like, but he doesn't look like he did in the comics. And it's like, honestly, that if they did the way he looks in the comics, he's going to look like he's going to look like Voldemort with tendrils on his head. Like, that's what he would look like. And that's not a good look. Yeah. Yeah. So many people, even when people were saying that, like, oh, he would just look like Voldemort. And they're like, imagine if Voldemort just looked like Ray Fiennes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how more of a performance we could have got out of him as Voldemort. You know what I mean? It probably would have been way more terrifying than what it was. And and I think kind of getting off tangent, like I think he did amazing as Voldemort and everything like that. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah, he would look like Voldemort with with Twilight tendrils. You know, he would look like a mashup between Harry Potter and Star Wars or something. And yeah, again, why cover up Christian Bale and all that stuff? Why? Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. And Gore looks goofy in the comic. Like his character design also changes in the comic. But when you initially meet him, he looks weird. He's a weird looking alien. He's a little dweeb. (laughs) Exactly. He, it does not look good. And it's just like, what is the purpose of those tendrils? Like there's just like some stylistic choices that they made to not use that, which I think if they had included, people would have been like, Oh, what is this character? We would have had like that weird, (laughs) Jar Jar Binks floppy ear thing going on. <laughs> wow, what a comparison. Right? <laughs> we don't need no Jar Jar Binks. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're you're not wrong at all. And 
it's I know we're going to talk about this, too, but it's I'm interested because we didn't really see much of all black or the Necrosword. We saw it as like a full black sword. And that's really it. But as there is this like fight, which we can kind of assume is in New Asgard, we kind of see Jane's mighty Thor kind of show up there, probably presumably for the first time. And we see Thor there kind of fighting off some people with the townspeople. And they do looks like they're going to end up being the berserkers, which Hmm. it'll be interesting to see. They kind of frame it in a way where you can't really tell what they are, but they do kind of look like these black creatures they're fighting off. Yeah. And I'm interested to see, are they going to look symbiote like? I don't Mm. know. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) You know, And, and in the trailer too, like different phases with Gore, he has like this black ichor, like on his teeth, on his face. And in one of the frame, the one of the frames for the trailer as well, there's just like this amorphous, constantly changing black gray. Like, I don't even know what it is in the background. And that easily could be like symbiote substance showing up there too. So it's interesting because obviously we know Sony owns the rights to Venom, to Symbiotes. So we'll see if they explain it in a different way. But there's a lot of things that can affect the MCU as a whole moving forward. Because if they do, in fact, call it the All Black or the Necro Sword, that also means that they could potentially be teasing Noel coming later in, like later down the line, which which is an extinction level event type storyline that you can use that character for so it'll be interesting to see what they do but i feel like sony has such a tight grasp on symbiotes maybe they're going to play away from that but fingers crossed they're able to at least say all black necro sword like play into it yeah like they don't have to say full out symbiote but even if it looks symbiotic yes that's enough for me yes I, i'm cool with that and one of the pops that, that i think they released i don't know if it's full of but they released the image of it it looks like it kind of is going to be symbiotic at least and i do hope we do get some of those kind of like we see some of that stuff in in the movie like if he's able to like change it at a whim and, and form it into different things and form this berserker army and, and things like that i i do hope we get, do get to see like that but again we don't need a null name drop or anything like that and i don't think that will happen it would be this is like a crazy off the wall theory but in that end credit scene of spider-man no way home a mm-hmm. piece of venom is left yep so it's like it'd be i'm i'm guessing they're setting that up for spider-man himself but it'd be pretty wild if that set up that that little symbiote piece like forms the all black. It would kind of be weird thinking about the symbioteness of all black with like the comic stuff. But it'd be pretty interesting to see that stuff. Usually when they set something up like that, it's a payoff for way down the line. And a lot of people have seen the forgot that they're like, how is not this stuff happened? That just happened this last thing. And it's like they're setting up for payoffs down the line. You guys remember Endgame? All those payoffs <laughs> that were years in the making? What made them cool? We've been waiting for them for years. That's why I was like, we got to be patient, guys. We're starting over. We're starting from square one here. Exactly. We're in a new phase. We have to set those Easter eggs so that we get the good payout when we have a next big film. And and I think that's something that people probably aren't going to even be thinking about too much is the beginning of Gore's storyline is probably going to be set quite the distant past. So... Right. Like we we he's probably going to have been the God Butcher for a considerable amount of time by the time he runs into Thor, because even in the trailer, he says, you're not like the other gods that I've encountered. Right. So he's been doing it for a while and it'll be really interesting to see how long 
that's been because you could still have yeah. like continuity wise, you could still have Gore encountering that being, getting the all black, and then at some point, you know, like symbiotes end up on Earth, or we're talking about like multiversal symbiote things like that. Because even in even in uh, the end credit scene of Venom two, Let There Be Carnage, Venom is aware of the multiverse. And there's the connection yeah. even with the symbiotes within the multiverse of that hive mind. So there's a lot of things they can play with there. I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do, but kind of moving on from gore for a second within what we think is going to sh- happen in uh, love and thunder. We were talking and we both uh, independently had the same thought about something that they do in the comics with the young Thor, Avenger Thor, King Thor, but we thought they would do it in a different way. So do you want to bring that up? You want to talk about that? Yes. So like we said in the comics, Gore faces off with three versions of Thor. So in this, we have the mighty Thor already. So we have Chris Hemsworth's Thor, Jane Foster's the mighty Thor. And the third one could be very possibly beta Ray Bill. Please. A character we've always we've a lot of us have wanted to see in the MCU. They teased it in Ragnarok, mm-hmm. at least his species in that big kind of stadium. There's a big statue of of a head of his race in Ragnarok on on Sakaar. It'd be really cool to see him. And, and I know you were talking about maybe Thor does leave Stormbreaker, and maybe even if he's not within the movie, mm-hmm. and maybe Valkyrie is the one that's kind of the third at least if he kind of leaves Stormbreaker off, maybe he picks up Stormbreaker. Like maybe that's the post-credit scene Yeah, is, is an introduction to Beta Ray Bill with him leaving the Stormbreaker. It'd be kind of interesting to see now that we've been like talking through the whole Mighty Thor run and we talked about like the ultimate universe uh, Mjolnir. Maybe we get a different version of Mjolnir that Thor ends up getting by the end of this, the end of this movie. We did see him wield a Mjolnir from the past mm-hmm. in Endgame. Yep. Maybe he gets a new hammer in this. Yeah. Who knows? You know what I mean? You never know. And that could set up Beta Ray, Beta Ray Bill to come, but if he's there within the movie, that would be so sick. That'd be to amazing. See him finally, f- finally in the MCU. Beta has such a cool story, and uh, like spoilers, we're going to be covering Beta at, at at some point in the future because I love that character. But hell yeah, my thought: if Beta isn't one of like the three that are part of going up against Gore during this film. I think at some point during the fight that Thor is going to use Stormbreaker against Gore and Gore's just going to Gore is just going to launch it into space. I think he's going to make it so Thor can't call it. And I think a post if he doesn't show up during the film, I think a post credit scene is going to be Beta coming across Stormbreaker in space. I would love that, dude. Yeah, because if, if you don't know, Stormbreaker was made by Odin for Beta in the comic books. So, like, rightfully, if we're talking comic accuracy, that that weapon should be betas. Right. And another hope that makes me think about that happening as a post-credit scene is that in Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness, we got a post-credit scene that introduced a character that is a very pretty big comic deep cut. Like, the normal mm-hmm. person going to see MCU that has no idea about the comics 
had no idea who that character was. Mm-hmm. Even people I went with, they're like, oh, who was who was that? And I was like, oh, I think it's this character. And then it was confirmed it was that character. So I could definitely say that. they're like, who is this horse alien creature mm-hmm. picking up Stormbreaker? You know, it'd be the same kind of thing. But those things are awesome because if you don't know, you immediately go look it up and then you learn about that character. It's and I love that stuff. That's how I started learning about all these things. I would get kind of deep dive into the MCU and just look up characters or buy comics of that character and then find out more about all these new different characters. That's what I love about this kind of stuff is that, like we said, you can't learn everything about this stuff, but there is so much to learn that there is always something you can go, oh, wow, I can deep dive into this pocket of of comics in the Marvel universe and stuff like that. So that's like, don't feel stupid ever. If you're like, who is that? Cause it's definitely been moments with me where I'm like, I have no idea who that is, but it, it's awesome when people though also come to me and they're like, Hey, who is that? I'm like, Oh, it's this person. They're like this in the comics. I was like, I know the broad strokes or, Oh, I read this run with everyone in it. It happened with the gore stuff. They're like, who's gore. And I was like, you're not ready for gore. <laughs> let me just tell you, he's an awesome villain. I'll let you see it play out in the movie or you can read the comic. But I was like, I don't want to give anything away. You'll learn more about gore. Don't worry. But yeah, that stuff's amazing. That's what all of this stuff is for. It's like, it's literally what your show is about is to teach people about uh, deep dives into these characters and their comics history. And it's amazing. It's my favorite thing. I, I love that. I've learned a lot from your podcast itself. Oh, like, you. I don't know anything. I don't know much about that character. I'm going to listen to this episode and learn more. It's awesome. Thank you, man. Any other expectations or do you feel good that we covered everything about Love and Thunder? I feel great. Super stoked for the movie. Looks awesome. Can't wait to see what it brings us. In Taika we trust. Yes, in Taika we trust completely. Dear goodness. But like you said too, I love how colorful Ragnarok was and how we're getting such monochromatic Sin City vibes from the Love and Thunder trailer. I'm super excited to see what that plays, how that plays out. Me too. All right, we've talked about Gore the God Butcher, so now let's head over to... What Each issue we do what nerds do best, we share our favorite dream concepts for the comics that we love. In this episode, we thought, what if Gore killed Null and became the god of the symbiotes? Now, spoiler warning for the end of the Gore segment for God of Thunder. So if you don't want to know exactly how the God of Thunder run ends, maybe skip this what if this issue or come back to it after you see the film. Okay. So spoiler warning, three, two, one, you've been warned. The end of the Gore the God Butcher run for God of Thunder ends with Gore being decapitated. And then we learn that King Thor basically threw Gore into a black hole to be rid of him after being decapitated. So in the King Thor run, however, we know that Loki resurrected uh, Gore. And then there's like, so Gore is technically alive again. He's living, but that's kind of in the King Thor universe set in the very far future. So for this specific, what if we're going to be talking, if the storyline of Gore ended when he was, decapitated and thrown into a black hole and it's about kind of how he came back as well as his kind of ascension to becoming more than even what he was previously yes so sean would you like to go first let's i want you to go first on this one okay all right i'll go first so i'll keep it fairly brief then because i'm because i'm excited to see what so to see what you got 
But my thought was within these storylines, both Gore and Noel have seemingly been killed. They're they're done right now. We have the King in Black storyline, which ends in Noel's death. And then we have the end of the God of Thunder run resulting in the death of Gore being thrown into a black hole. So there's been a lot of teasing about you can't get rid of the God of the symbiotes. You can't get rid of Noel. We know that the consciousness of Gore lives on in the all black. So my thought is, is when Gore is thrown into the black hole, he's literally sent into a place of pure darkness. And within that darkness, he is able to run into the consciousness of Noel and together they're able to help one another to literally pull themselves out of a black hole, which is supposed to be absolutely impossible. But just imagine Noel and Gore literally ripping themselves out of black hole in a comic book panel. That would be awesome. Epic. So cool. And we also know that in the Venom storyline right now, that Eddie Brock is the current god of the symbiotes. He has taken that mantle over from Null. So this storyline is going to be about Gore and Null teaming up in order to reclaim the mantle. But in this storyline, I'm going to have Gore betray Null at a certain point and then kill Null once again before he becomes too powerful. And now Gore has assumed the this mantle of the god of the symbiotes because he's learned that in order to kill gods you have to become a god awesome literally being able to go from having just the all black the necro sword to being able to wield the entire symbiote like hive mind would be bonkers for a character like gore and this would this would absolutely have to be a multi uh title series event like it would have to be throughout every single title of of marvel at a certain period and there's so many cool things you could do but that's just like the basic premise that i thought of for 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 gore returning and becoming god of the symbiotes that's awesome i like that a lot yeah thanks i'm gonna go a little bit of a different way okay so when gore gets the power of the all black initially I'm going to have it where instead of killing the light God, he kills both of them. He kills Null and the light God at the same time. So mm. this is if Null was revealed back when Gore first became a thing. And then Gore does become the God of the symbiotes. He realized he's connected to all these different symbiotes throughout the multiverse. And he kind of does exactly what Null did. And he takes anyone with a codex and kind of infects them and makes them corrupted symbiotes. And he controls them. And I'm going to have it so Venom doesn't win in the end. He dies. He kills Venom. Okay. Takes him out. Takes out all the symbiotes. He can control any of them. And within that storyline, he does even there's they go to like a 2099 verse and like Venom Beyond. And that's where Null. It's like a separate reality. And Null has completely infected the whole Avengers team. So he makes these he makes like a Venomized Avengers team. So imagine all of your favorite Avengers, but they also have Venom's powers. Mm-hmm. pretty much almost unstoppable. So he has all of this at his disposal. He's taking over all the Avengers besides one Thor. And in also this is pulling a lot from Donny Cates of what he has done too. Donny Cates also wrote Thor. And in that Thor becomes the Herald of Galactus mm-hmm. and gets the power cosmic as well. 
So it's going to be Thor as the Herald of Galactus and Silver Surfer Black who comes into play in both King and Black and the Thor run. And they have to team up against Gore, the god of the symbiotes, to take him out. And that's what's going to have to take him out is Thor and Silver Surfer Black versus a venomized Avengers team and Gore as the god of the symbiotes. An epic, and this again would have to be through every oh, yeah. every title would be a massive a massive team of event and everything like that. I think that would be really cool. Yes. If you just change his origin one little bit. This would be a cool what if issue. A hundred percent. Like Marvel just like, you know, like what if what if Gore killed Null in the beginning or something mm-hmm. and became the guy that's it'd be it'd be pretty wild to see that and him face off against Thor. Even Thor probably at his most powerful, if not gotta be close to it. Mm-hmm. Bless Donny Cates. He's he uh, injected a few ideas for me in that one. I pulled a little bit from a couple different things and smashed together. There you go. I think that would be cool, though. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm a sucker for Venomized Avengers teams like Colin Bunn has done like Venomers, Venomverse and Venomized. And so seeing all the different characters have symbiotes it has been a, a lot of fun. So I'm all for more Avengers as as Venomized versions of themselves. Because that, that'd be super fun. Oh, yeah. But I, I think it, like the concept that you have, too, would be interesting. Like you mentioned, it would be a really cool what if. So you could have this across all the different uh, currently running comics do a what if issue for that specific run. And But rather than it being like Ooh. what if number one, it literally could be like have it on the title what if this happened but you don't have to take it out of continuity you can literally have it be the next issue of thor have it be the next issue of venom so you don't have to make it its own individual thing it's just a part of the segment like part of everyone's run but then at the end of it obviously things revert to what like is really going on so you kind of have this really fun thing where people don't have to be up on like the latest thing for that for the run so you can have people buying these issues that are part of a sequential storyline that wouldn't normally buy them because they're not particularly following any one character but if you do this crossover what if event people are going to buy those issues yeah and that'd be so cool because i don't really think they've done anything like that like a what if throughout different titles where they could collect it all together that would be so cool mm-hmm That'd be really fun. And especially now, because what if ideas are hot because of the animated series, they're trying to do more of that. So I, I very much could see that being a possibility of them doing a, what if storyline throughout all the different titles. So I think your idea fits perfectly for what could happen. Marvel call us. Yeah. We got some ideas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Please call us. We'll, we'll work for free. If you put our names on any book, we'll be ecstatic. You don't even have to pay us. Yeah, I'll pay you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love the what if ideas. These are such fun conversations to have. Sean, thank you again for joining me for our Jane Foster episode, for our Go- Gore the God Butcher episode. So please, once again, tell our listeners where they can find you on your social media and streaming platforms. Of course. First off, thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute blast covering these characters with you. And I mean, I just love talking to you on a daily basis, regardless of this. But this was an absolute pleasure being on your show. Thank you. But. But yes, you can find Metalcore Nerds anywhere you find podcasts. If you want to check us out on Adobe, download the Adobe app or go on Adobe.com. 
Melkor Nerds is live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can check it out there. It's awesome. Anytime you can, you know, you want to hear music recommendations, streaming recommendations, and we talk about the biggest things going on in pop culture currently. Have a lot of guests in the podcasting community and the music community. So you can kind of learn about different bands, what they're into for nerdy stuff. It's 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 really fun. And I appreciate Lance having me on here and let me plug my stuff a little bit. But anywhere you can find Metalcore Nerds, you just search Metalcore Nerds at Metalcore Nerds on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Or you can just go to MetalcoreNerds.com and uh, pick up some nice little merch there. Yes, very cool merch. But like Metalcore Nerds is constantly in my rotation it's one of the shows that i like to listen to as soon as a new a new episode drops so everyone please go check out metalcore nerds it's a fantastic show thank you my friend of course well it's time to close the book on gore the god butcher so until next time this is lance and this is sean reminding you to keep your friends close but your comic books closer <laughs>